Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Part Diva. Hello, I'm Roxy, the editor of Diva Magazine. And for this week's Diva Dialogues on Pod Diva, I have a heart to heart with our amazing November cover star, campaigner, cook, and writer Jack Monroe. Now, Jack is someone who a lot of people have a lot to say about. But in our new issue, they share their personal story in their own words. They've written this remarkable essay chronicling their struggles with social media trolls and addiction. It's deeply personal, it's completely compelling, and it's really, really important. Now, the conversation you're about to listen to was recorded especially for Pod Diva. Jack talks about the power of taking ownership of their story, they reveal how they feel about being called a role model, and they share some advice for anyone listening who is affected by addiction. I hope you enjoy this episode, and then go and grab yourself a copy of the November issue of Diva where you can read Jack's full unflinching story for yourself. So I'm here with the fantastic Jack Monroe, also known as our November Diva cover star. Jack, first of all, how do you feel about being on the cover of the brand new issue of Diva? (laughs) Do you know what? I, I was actually looking at that cover this morning, trying to just sort of, key myself up for for the um for this recording and I was looking and I was like I mean it looks like me it looks like me but me on a very very good day and that's nice things have hanging around isn't it like you uh, uh, with your hair done and your makeup done but it's not like this super glam 
unrecognizable version of me is it it's just it's just it's just me just looking like looking like me but on a good day it's great it's good and it feels good it's nice to be on the cover of a magazine do you know what I mean it's like it's one of those things that I wish I could go back in time and just wave in the faces of the people who were quite crummy to me at school and stuff and be like I'm on a magazine I'm on a magazine because uh, <laughs> that's we, we all get petty joy out of you know, wanting to go back in time and belt people over the head with our successes don't we um <laughs> it's not just you I won't if you're hanging we all do oh my goodness well I love what you said and I think you said it on the day of the photo shoot as well you said that these photographs really felt like you which is what we wanted to get we wanted to get a sense of the authentic you so can you kind of elaborate a bit more on that whether it's like the styling or the mood of the shoot what feels like the real authentic Jack yeah um, because I remember when when we were when we had the call about the shoot and you said find some reference pictures of yourself that you like and I was like oh Roxy you don't know what you're you don't know what you're asking and I went through Google and I'm you know I am no stranger to being in front of a camera by now I've been doing this for, for almost a decade and there are pictures of myself on the internet that I like but they are so far removed from who I am that it's like playing dress up. So there's there's lovely images that were shot by um, a photographer called Dean Chalkley, and I had like full hair and makeup done. It was the Observer Food monthly cover. I've, they've gone for like this glam retro rockabilly sort of style. I've got like bright red lipstick on and my hair and a massive quiff. And um, I, I like those pictures. There's a real like Rosie the Riveter thing about them, but they don't look like me. They look like Rosie the Riveter, or they look like. You know, they look like some super glam rockabilly version of me. And there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of being dressed up for shoots and big smoky eyes. And as, although I have a lot of tattoos, more tattoos painted on me with eyeliner to make like, even more <laughs> and things like that. And and although I've enjoyed those experiences, I've often come away from them feeling like, well, why aren't I enough as I am? Um, and I did Good Morning Britain a couple of weeks ago um, to talk about the um, cuts to universal credit. And I had literally four minutes in the makeup chair. And the makeup artist was like, oh, I'll do, I'll do as much as I can. In the, and I was like, just, just make me look like me, but with a bit more sleep. Like, that's fine. There's some mascara and just roll me out. That's fine. And I love things like that. That The message there is you are enough as you are. We're just going to make you look like you slept a bit better. And I felt like that's what Des did on the day. It, he, he just was so subtle and that is such an expert thing to be able to do to make somebody look like themselves but a slightly fresher and more vibrant version because I think anyone can I mean even I can cover myself in slap and look like a completely different human being but to be able to just pick out well actually these are the parts of you that we want to highlight and accentuate and and bring to the fore while not covering up or disguising anything about who you are and I feel like wardrobe did that I think Leslie Rose did a fantastic job with that Des did a fantastic job with that and there was nothing on that day and there's been a lot of this over the last 10 years there was nothing on that day where I was like oh okay well I'll just put that on and see what happens um, were, everything was like oh my god that's great that's amazing that's so me that's so why I would wear it. like you just come around and rifle through my wardrobe and giving it an upgrade it was fantastic really enjoyed it happy to do it on a on a monthly basis like 
<laughs> Covers sorted for the next year. Right, and it's Jack again. <laughs> oh my goodness, the wardrobe was amazing. And am I right? You've got the beige suit and nothing underneath, giving everyone a thrill, and the trousers. And did you order that beige suit for yourself afterwards? I <laughs> thought I'd got away with this. Um, I yes, I I bought it on the way home <laughs> it's it's um it's currently in my wardrobe and for a laugh I very nearly wore it for this call um but I haven't um like steamed it or anything yet so it's still um it's still nicely folded up in its little package of shame <laughs> in the bottom of my wardrobe but I will um when I I've, I sh- I've shown one friend one very trusted friend the f- photos from the shoot and she was like, that suit is amazing. And I was like, yeah, I kind of bought it after after the shoot. And um, she was like, where is it from? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I think she might have also bought it. <laughs> and, it and it just fitted so well. And it just, those trousers and that jacket. I think I will probably wear it with a little bit more underneath it out here in the wild. Because <laughs> there is a bit of boob in that, in that shoot. <laughs> And um, I remember thinking which one, wondering which one you were going to use for the cover. And I was like, that's a tit, that's my tits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so I think maybe the tit might have been a step too far for the shelves of WH Smith, so. (laughs) (laughs) Just have that as kind of exclusive extra content. If you want a side boob, you've got to buy the mag, guys. That's that's not going on my Instagram. (laughs) Um, I'd love to ask you as well, Jack. So in terms of the actual cover story, this month it's a little bit different. Normally what we would have is an interview with our cover star. But instead, you have written such a powerful, like gorgeously written essay that really is just no holes barred. You're just telling your story in your own words. Because it's in your own words, there's something really raw and really direct about the connection that you then make with the reader that I think is really, really special. Yeah, and I also think that because addiction is something that still carries a lot of stigma, in, in our society the way that stories are written about addicts um people who, and I'm, I'm happy to use that term about myself you know I can become addicted to anything you know <laughs> tea rings you know sideboards you know curtains <laughs> you know sleeping tablets alcohol all of all of the usual suspects but also you know all of the uh, all of the other things as well twitter but I'm happy to use that term about myself but if I found that someone was writing about it and I, I, hope, I have no, I'm, I'm not naive. I, I know full well that once this is out there in the wild, I have no control over what other people will then write about it. But I think for, for the first outing, I, I wanted to be able to be, I'm Jack Monroe and I'm an addict, not this is Jack Monroe and she's an addict or they're an addict or whatever my pronouns are. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to own it and and own that narrative in my own words first and foremost because then it's not and that's something I've always tried to do really it's I remember once uh someone who I loosely knew had um some sort of know, some photos of me messing around um on holiday in like my underwear or something and they kept threatening to put them on social media so I skipped it and I was like boom there you go there's my boobs there we go um, and and I deleted it afterwards, but it was kind of you take you take the power out of 
away from people by not allowing them to tell your stories for you. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to basically be be the first to to scoop myself, basically. Just go, yeah. So yeah, this is a thing. And also, it shouldn't be a thing because I already did a, a whole thing for the Guardian a couple of years ago about um, about drinking and giving up drinking and and all of that and that was very very early on in my recovery and that was fairly naive of me to go bowling out there into the wild like two or three days sober and go okay I've I've quit drinking but I learned from that (laughs) and you know and I I gave it a good rub this time before I was like oh yeah this is the thing that I'm doing yeah I suppose I just wanted to take ownership of it and if it's something that other people say about you, it can be a source of shame. But if it's there is no shame in addiction and there should be no shame in addiction. And it's what I'm trying to say but in a very rambly way. So if you could cut that into a snappy sentence, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you feel about your story um, as you've told it in this issue of Diva? How do you feel about that being out there in the world? Nervous. A bit nervous um, because part of the thing that dragged me down into that particular drain this time around has been a lot of the bullying and abuse that I've received um for being in the public eye for being online for being vocal for being for being myself and so to then really throw out the last and probably most personal part of myself to what feels at times like a baying mob is um it's quite nerve-wracking but also it's it's quite liberating so it's like well once you've had this what else what else is there you know it's like here you go have one have the really last darkest bit of my wretched twisted soul and and chew it up like a pack of dogs and do whatever you do whatever you like with it and um and then it's it's quite freeing but also it's quite it's quite liberating because for a while I you know I okay so Here's a story I haven't told. <laughs> when I when I got the email from Fiona at Diva saying that I had won the Diva Role Model of the Year Award, I was sitting in rehab <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and I was like, I got this email and I was like, I'm not a role model. I'm in rehab. <laughs> and it's like, and I was, I was literally, I was absolutely torn and I didn't want to say everything and I didn't I I was like do I accept this can I can I accept this like because no one knew about that side of me at that time nobody I, I hadn't told anyone literally run away to deal with this thing and and on the one hand here I am sitting in my therapist's office like literally banging my head on the desk going I can't accept this award it's I feel like a fraud and on the other hand I was going but you know but I'm getting my shit together and I'm I'm gonna, one day I'm going to talk about this and maybe that will help somebody else in a similar situation and maybe it's maybe it's all for something in the end and I had this like whole internal like wrestle with myself over whether to whether I could even accept something that said like role model of the year on it and then I thought well even if I wasn't here even if I was out there in the wild eating all my greens going for a job at 6 30 every morning living my best life submitting all of my work on time like gloriously faithfully doing all of the things that I that, that you know that, that people do I still wouldn't see myself as a role model or an influencer 
So I would still be having the same internal struggle. Should I accept this? Can I accept this? That I've had over every award I have ever been given. So it makes no odds whatsoever as to whether I was like in rehab, whether I was in the gym, whether I don't think I've been in a gym for about a decade. But the point I'm trying to make there, quite rambly, (laughs) is that it feels quite liberating to be able to just lay it all out and go, yeah, so this is it now. This is everything. You've got everything now. I lived in real fear for the whole time that I was at the centre trying to sort, of sort myself out, that somebody would recognise me, somebody would notice me, somebody would recognise my name. And, and it happened. You know, it did happen. There were people who, someone in the, who worked in the local shop knew who I was and you know very quickly worked out why I was there and stuff like that and I just I literally just that whole time spent it just terrified that not that I would be outed but that it would cause trouble for the people who I was there with at the time who were also trying to get well and also trying to sort of you know put their lives back on track and probably didn't want the Daily Mail turning up hanging around outside the door and now it's done and it's like well that's it's done I I managed to somehow (laughs) I managed to get through that period with without my worst fears being realized and now I'm out the other side of it and I'm talking about it and that's it's it's cool it's fine that no one can people will be negative about it I know they will it's the internet I forget I've got a cat people are like oh why aren't you a dog person I like dogs they say well you shouldn't have one because you're an irresponsible human being you know you can't do anything online without someone having an opinion about it it's just kind of like, well, the people whose opinions genuinely matter to me, they all know all of this anyway. So every, everything else is just noise. So it's just like chatter. And who cares? <laughs> Pod Diva. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I think, I think the reason why you were voted as the influencer of the year, role model of the year, the reason why you resonate with people is that you, you are yourself. You are authentically yourself. And you are sharing the actual things you've been through and not all of it is pretty, you know, you're sharing the the real story and that's what touches people. That's something we love about you, whether you're talking about your own experiences or, you know, you're in the Houses of Parliament talking about food poverty, like you're not holding back. You're being yourself and you're saying what you think and you're sharing your truth. And that is gorgeous and powerful and fierce and should be celebrated. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that does get me into a world of trouble because I don't have a PR team. Nobody writes my, nobody writes my lines for me, not even me. <laughs> you know, I am an infallible and complicated human being, like all of us are. I, I, I change my mind, I change my opinions, I change my views, I, I, you know, I change my look sometimes. I, and I think doing all of that in public, growing up in public is quite, it's, people have got long memories and, um, and on the one hand, you've got loads of people. I have loads of people who I interact with on Twitter and online and on emails and on social media and stuff who are just brilliant. They they hold me when I need to be held. They keep me safe. They keep me in a good sort of headspace sometimes. They send me pictures of their dogs when I'm down. They get the other side of it who carp on about something I tweeted six years ago or, oh, I wasn't absolutely adamant in my support for a certain politician so I must be cancelled forever and you just go god help anyone who ever utters anything in public (laughs) that could then come back and bite them years later like I'm allowed to change my mind I'm allowed to grow as a person I'm allowed to make mistakes we all are and I'm also allowed to refuse to attend every single argument that I'm invited to you know, I don't have to be there, omnipresent, answering for myself 24 hours a day. I I can be having a nice evening with my son, or I can be just cooking my dinner, or I can be not on Twitter for a few days. That's fine. And I think that's something that I have learned very slowly, <laughs> but learned that it's okay to just turn off and exist in your physical world and not worry what everybody is saying about you all of the time, because that's quite exhausting way to live. As we've said, so in this beautiful essay that you've written, being very open about your, your mental health, um, how important is it to you to talk about that stuff? And what power do you think it has when people do open up? about these things that, as you've said, do still have a certain level of stigma and shame attached to them? I think it's multifaceted. I know, because I hear from people every day, that talking about my stuff, whether it's poverty, whether it's mental health, 
whether it's addiction, whether it's arthritis, whatever it is, one of the multifarious things that, I, that <laughs> enrich my life. It helps people to identify, it helps people to connect, it helps people to realise that they're not on their own. And that's not my job, you know, it's not, I don't have this sort of wounded saviour syndrome where I've got to, you know, rake up all my trauma all the time to help other people out. But I do know that talking about that stuff does help people. So it's useful. And and I know that from when I was a single mum on benefits and I wrote about that in a blog post called hunger hurts and people started to email me and say that they'd been in a position similar to mine years before that life gets better that they told me about where they were now one woman was a lawyer she was talking to me about her experiences of raising a baby in absolute squalor after fleeing domestic violence and now her life 20 years later qualified lawyer um her daughter was at university etc etc and having that people reach back to me and say hang in there it gets better basically it pulled me out of that dark hole that I was sliding into on a daily basis so if by sharing my experiences somebody else has that experience and goes oh do you know what it's not just me or I'm not on my own or I don't have to do it all today or you know that's got to be good that's got to be a good thing right if any of the Pod Diva podcast listeners are listening to you talking and if they feel affected by any of the issues that we've touched on that you write about so beautifully in your essay, so addiction, mental health, all of these things, what would your message be for those listeners? Well, quite simply, that recovery is possible. Um, I have been in some of the darkest holes of my life over the last year. Um, I've been to places I thought I would never be able to bounce back from. In fact, to say that makes it sound like there was even a thought process involved. I just accepted that this was going to kill me. I was going to die. And I didn't even really, by that point, I didn't care. I just, I was just very slowly killing myself. And I didn't think that I could recover that I would recover that I was worth recovery that I could that I could ever haul myself out I was desperate and I was alone and I was afraid and I was stupid and I was all of those things but recovery is possible and it's you don't have to go to rehab you know <laughs> you can you can walk into the rooms of any of the 12-step fellowships for free pretty much any day of the week and find groups of people there who will give you nothing but love and nothing but support and nothing but friendship and kindness and the tools that you need to put one foot in front of the other one day at a time. And I wish I could be more explicit about it, but there are conditions of anonymity. So it makes it sound a little bit weird, but it's not. It's just to, it's just to respect and protect the people who are there because <laughs> I mean, one of the things that we that we hold as one of the sort of the core traditions of of what we do is that, you know, gossip is harmful and talking about other people, other people's recovery, other people's journey, it can harm them, it can it can damage them, it can lead them back straight back to relapse. And it's one of the things that I remember 
one of the first things that really landed with me was that, you know, gossip kills. And I was like, Jesus, well, I'm literally only here because of the gossip and the lies and the and the cruelty and the bitching and, the, and all of that that's been done to me. And so I wouldn't ever want to inadvertently do that for anybody else. But, yeah, but basically we do recover. We, you can find a way out of that hole. And if you can't do it yourself, there are hundreds of thousands of people out there who will happily come and sit next to you in that hole and go, hey, I've been here, I know the way out. And that's, yeah, it's... um. It's phenomenal. It's, it's been life-changing for me. And, I mean, genuinely, my life today is unrecognisable as to what it was this time last year. It is completely... And it's so beautifully ordinary. And I love it. It's so normal. It's so normal. I mean, I got up this morning, I put my laundry on, and I just had a moment where I was like... Oh, Look at me putting my laundry on like an adult. Look at me checking my emails and replying to them, making myself a cup of tea and having food in the fridge that's not like three weeks out of date. And it's so beautifully normal to be calling my mum in the afternoon and asking how her day is and saying to someone, oh, I'll be there at five o'clock and being there at five o'clock. It's just... It's phenomenal. And I can't, I cannot stress enough how beautiful it is to be having a completely, wonderfully boring life. <laughs> Congratulations on your fabulously boring life, my love. I, I used to say to my friends, and I don't think they ever believed me, but I, I long for a quiet, peaceful, completely and utterly boring life. And I suppose being on the cover of a magazine and things like that, that's that's a different, that's a different level of ordinary boring life, I suppose. Um, but it's just blissful. It is just blissfully manageable and and nice. And I like it. <laughs> and long may it continue. <laughs> Jack, I have a last question for you, which is, has your son seen you on the cover of Diva magazine? And what did he think if he has seen it? He hasn't seen it yet because I haven't shown the actual cover to anybody yet. But I will be showing it to him as soon as my coffee lands in the post. I might just just casually leave it lying around or something or just maybe just poke it at him over the dining table or something or just let him know he's a bit of a troll actually my son um before I got the diva award <laughs> he was um I've got all of my awards that I've won over the years sitting in like in a place in my lounge just sort of tucked in a corner on a desk and about a year or so ago he was standing there just looking at them all and I was like oh, that's nice he's really proud of me and uh, and he turned around to me absolutely deadpan and went Mama, you haven't won anything since 2015. I was probably like roasted by your own offspring. Actually, the observer food monthly award was 2018. Um, and I just said suddenly just went like full defensive, like justified. I was like, well, do you know what? No, I give awards out now. And I and and and, and you know, and it was quite unusual when I first popped into the public eye. And I felt myself like properly defensive my work ethic to my son yeah and then when the diva award came along I was like just casually but very pointedly put it with all the others 
so yeah maybe maybe i'll get some of my street cred back Tim, for being on the cover of a magazine again <laughs> it's a tough crowd <laughs> it's one of those moments where you're like oh look at him looking at my looking at like all my bodies and stuff that's nice Hey, cut down to size but yeah but maybe i will and um, maybe i will you know casually let him know god i'm gonna have to work out how to land that one now aren't i so it doesn't look like i'm too desperately seeking his approval but i uh, <laughs> remember that time you said that i hadn't won anything for years well, i'm just still on the cover of a magazine now. i'm gonna have to work out how to land that one aren't i yeah pre-teen tough ground yeah. Although, mind you, I'm not the only one. Adele, the other day in an interview, said that she was showing her son, like, her YouTube or something, and he said that she had, like, 1% of the subscribers of, like, all the gamers that he followed on YouTube, and she was like, right, <laughs> thanks, son. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so even Adele's kids are not impressed with her achievements. That's fine. Do you know what? That's fine. I think that's just your kids, isn't it? They're not supposed to be impressed with what you do, are they? I'm quite impressed with my parents, though. Like, I genuinely think that my parents are absolutely mega and that all of the stuff that they've done and that they've achieved is, is phenomenal. So maybe not all kids are terrible. Maybe. Mind you, I've only seen that as an adult. I think at 11, I probably thought they were the most embarrassing human beings on earth. So there we go. <laughs> I think it's the age, isn't it? I think it's a tough age to, to impress. <laughs> Jack, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for chatting and thank you so much for sharing your story so powerfully in the magazine. And thank you for blooming rocking that cover. You look <laughs> awesome. You look bloody great. Thank you. It was, yeah, it was a great team to work with. They made me feel good and that shows, doesn't it? Brilliant. And thank you. And now you know why I write instead of talk because I can write in concise sentences, but my mouth just goes, and then get some words out of it that might be useful, but I think through my fingers. I definitely don't think through my mouth. Just, it's a Oh, I love your rambling mouth. Thank you. If you want to talk about your alcohol or drug use, you can call Help Me Stop on 0208 191 9191 or email enquiries at helpmestop.org.uk. And if you need someone to talk to, you can also call LGBT Helpline Switchboard on 0300 330 0630 or call the Samaritans at any time on 116 one, two, three. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQI plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.